anything, anything that would cause this system to operate in an unsafe manner, that's not optional. You will deal with that. Number two, you look at the health-related things that are going on. Number three, you look at the comfort-related things that are going on. And number four, you look at the efficiency things that are going on. But I can tell you with 100% certainty that older equipment like this is going to fail on the hottest or coldest days of the year. I want to get into the weeds a little bit here and let's, let's, let's put ourselves, um, in the contractor's shoes, we're going to walk into a house for whatever the call might be, but let's say it's a service call. Some, what, what, and Ruth, I'll come to you first here. You know, maybe it's hard to say, right. It could be depending on the, it could be a service technician and installer or even a salesperson, right. Or a comfort advisor. How does a contractor actually maximize revenue in every call is there is there's a little bit of education that goes a long way too right when they're in the house trying to you know you know they're, they're there they see something they write their notes down and then they're going to make recommendations probably right i mean is there's a way there's a method here isn't there ruth like yeah to... yeah well well most techs unless they're trained think like this mm -hmm. they go in they find the thing that is quote unquote wrong they fix it and they leave the thing that we try and train text to is don't look this way, look this way. You know, if you want to make a customer angry, fix the problem, quote unquote, which is probably the symptom of the problem. And two weeks later, something else breaks. You know, come on. If a capacitor is weak, you know it, say something. You know, if, and I don't need to get on my horse about that, but we teach them to think this way. And so the reality is that unless they see themselves as valuable, again, mindset, they wouldn't be calling the company if they could do it themselves. The techs need to know that the, they're quote unquote, the doctors out there for HVAC because the customer doesn't know. And so they're depending upon the tech for their recommendations or they're asking the salesperson for his or her recommendations or, you know, whatever. It's, it, we have to educate the customers and let the customers make informed choices. And I will tell you that sometimes customers do some really stupid things from our perspective, but they are still the customer. As long as you've educated them, it is their house and their money. And that is their privileged right to make any decision they want. You did your job if you educated. And if they choose to do something that's like replace a 20 year old compressor instead of a unit, that's on them. <laughs> David, you you use a phrase and I love it. It's um, um, you know, how does a contractor create more value? And you you talk about perceived value, right? And this is this is exactly the place where this this conversation and that can happen. Talk a little bit about that in 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 your mind. How does in your mind how does a contractor create more value on a call? What happens? So, so I want to kind of tag in on a little bit on what sure. you just said, because sure. th this whole idea of being really super focused versus wide focus is, is critical. And I think I have a great example of how this was taught in, in my dad's business. Our senior service tech would take a new guy out with him just to sort of show him around a little bit. And he'd have the guy, he says, go grab that, that orange bucket in my truck. 
And the guy would pick it up and he'd come back with his, you need anything in it? No, I just need the bucket. And they'd be sitting there and they'd be looking at a, at a furnace and he'd take that bucket. He said, this is the most important tool we got in the truck. He'd set that bucket down, face down, you know, top open down, and he'd sit on it. And he'd sit back there and he'd cross his arms and he'd just start looking at everything at the installation, whether it's outside or inside. He would stop and he would look. And he said, don't stay focused on the immediate problem. We have glasses that are different than what the customer has. We see things they don't see. They don't ever see this the way we know what it is. They don't even know what they're looking at, right? He said, so you sit here and you take three to five minutes. And I mean, seriously, three to five minutes. It's not a rest. It's not a break. You're looking at everything as if you're seeing it for the very first time. And you make sure That's that brilliant. there's anything, anything that would cause this system to operate in an unsafe manner. That's not optional. You will deal with that. Number two, you look at the health-related things that are going on. Number three, you look at the comfort-related things that are going on. And number four, you look at the efficiency things that are going on. And, and something that we used to teach, I still teach it today, but we taught it to our guys all the time, used to say, guys, look, here's the deal. This is a statement I want you to say. When you've got somebody who's got a piece of equipment that's starting to age out, this is the phrase that you say that always is true. So I cannot predict the future, but I can tell you with 100% certainty that older equipment like this is going to fail on the hottest or coldest days of the year. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And they don't break, they don't break in the spring and the fall, do they, Ruth? No, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> so That's older a subset of Murphy's law, right? Right, exactly right. So older equipment like this is going to fail on the day you need it the most, not always throw July 4th out, right? It's always going to break down on the 4th of July, yep. right? I got three phone calls this 4th of July from friends of mine who had broken air conditioning. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm not in that business anymore. I don't, no, do who would you call? Who I don't have I don't my do tools anymore. anymore. I don't yeah. have, any, I don't uh, have uh, my tools. I never anymore. had them. I had never had them, Rob. There's a confession. <laughs> I never worked on air conditioning. Anyway, but- um, That's wonderful. So, well, the thing about I it- love is the this, orange bucket method. Yeah, I love well, it. Really think about it. Stop Brilliant. and look around, right? So we, we, we took that a little further. And, you know, how do we differentiate ourselves is we, we actually had a survey. We had a technician survey that they would ask about four or five questions every call. They would also educate the customer on every call about the age of their equipment. Smart. Mr. Smith, the manufacturers build about 10 to 12 years into this outdoor equipment right here. That's about what it's going to do before it's really time to replace. Yours is 11 years old right now. The, the fact that it's still running right now is a testament to your investment in maintenance, right? So we would always encourage them and say, you're, you're right to be on a maintenance program. I can't predict the future. This is how we would tie it in. I can't predict the future, but even with maintenance, older equipment like this will typically fail on the hottest and coldest days of the month, of the year. And they're just like, Huh, never thought about that. You might yeah, want to start yeah. planning to upgrade this equipment before it fails on the hottest or coldest day of the month. So you get them to feel that pain a little bit. And that's absolutely truthful, right? We're not trying to scare them in anything. We're telling them, I mean, have we all seen air conditioners run 20 and 30 years? Well, sure. Is that the best for the customer? Probably, Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> right? No. 
So building the value, going in and asking a couple questions, like, I don't know, this is a great question. Which room, and if you could put a thermostat anywhere else in the house, where would you put one? Immediately, they start thinking about the room that's not as comfortable. And so they, why would you do that? Well, that room, you know, in the it's afternoon, always hot. It's, yeah. it's always hot in the afternoon, exactly. Or it's always cold in, in the morning or whatever, right? It's like, okay, well, you know, if we could solve that problem for you, is that something you'd like us to take care of? So it's a lot of asking questions. We try to create a consultative approach yep. for both our maintenance techs, our service techs, our installers, and our comfort advisors in all cases. Mm -hmm. So having a series of questions that people could use, um, and actually my comfort advisors, they had to actually fill out a form with the answers to those questions because there were so many questions that there was no way you could keep up with it. And they pointed to solutions. I mean, they, they helped to uncover a need for some sort of an additional thing other than a big box on the side of the house, right? And my grandfather, the reason we had a form is because my grandfather, again, another great education for me uh, in terms of business at, at hand here. He said, David, he said, always remember this, a short pencil is longer than the best memory, hmm. right? And so yep. we'd write stuff down and we'd keep it in the folders. We can, this is long before the internet. So we keep it in the job folders and stuff like that. And when we go back to see somebody six months from now on another maintenance agreement, we could say, oh yeah, we told them about this age thing last time. Yep. This is our second time, click, <laughs> right? Yeah, but now we do it electronically. Yeah. I know, now it's, it's all, now it's all in the cloud, which makes it so much easier.